This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, the, the mid-season, post-season, post-half-season podcast just talking about stuff and we thought that we'll, we'll, we'll give you a window onto the conversation that we had as four, five, six Brentford fans sat in the pub just discussing various Brentford issues. Myself, Dave Lane, Nick Carthew, Matt Allard, there was the Dutchman, there was Condor Man and there was Savvy B. We all sat around talking Brentford issues and what we're going to do is just open the window up on the conversations that we had. We started off talking about new players, about Akia Gogia, Reese Williams and the new exclusive player that we, we announced as well on the website, Johan Barbe, the French player who we've literally just signed as well, the defender. So we've been talking about him and in particular we're just talking about Reese Williams now who is a specialist free kick player. We've brought him in for specialist free kicks. Kondamon actually goes into the conversation talking about Reese Williams and then we'll just talk about all sorts of stuff. Check it out. We had players at the club before who were all-rounders um, and, and there are players in football, I would go back with Jermaine Jennings. He, he was good at a lot of things, but he wasn't especially good at anything. So he did all right as a footballer, but he never really was outstanding. So you want your strikers to be really good at some things and not, not good at others. And I think having a, a set piece special is really interesting. The good news, um, I don't know if Matthew Benham listens to this, um, I'm sitting with two specialists. I've seen Billy the Bee take one penalty and score it. So we want a penalty specialist, and my God, Brentford have needed one. You want Billy the Bee taking a penalty. Um, if we need an own goal specialist, I've seen Dave Lane score an own goal at Griffin Park in a supporters game. So, Matthew, if you want someone in those areas, I, I can put you in touch. Excellent. Well, uh, I think the corner man sorted out our team for the season. He still didn't talk about a striker as such, but we will move on to that later. Players. Brentford players. I mean, there's been no serious bids, as what we know is coming for Brentford players. There's only no serious bids at all. I mean, there was a joke bid that came in for Tarki. The papers said it was 1.75 mil from Fulham. And uh, as far as Brentford concerned, that was way off the mark. Now, it's interesting to see, Tarki, from, from what you've heard on the street, is an 8 mil player. Top player, top beast player. So Fulham, they've come inside there, probably tried to upset the apple cart to a certain extent, 1.75 mil, but it's not really happening at all. Grey, you know, people are talking about Grey and, and also Hotter. 
you know, there's no bids been, been in for them. Gray being um, 8 mil, Potter 6 mil. But again, you know, people are maybe just trying there to a, sort of... Is there, a, is there a generic 8 mil price tag that goes on? Well, I listen, this, uh, this is just the word on the street, and, you know... Well, sorry, are you saying on. the word on the street that Gray is, gray is worth more than Hotter? That's an interesting, you know, interesting one. Um, yeah, Gray, Gray did score more goals, but Hotter, I, I would argue, offers you more um, team. Well, no, he offers you he offers you more in a team in a team role and as an attacking forward. I can really see. I don't know. Maybe again, we don't know how football works, but I just maybe it's a situation. If a striker scores goals, they're worth money, and people pay money for a striker. Is yeah. that why we haven't signed strikers? Basically, because there aren't any decent strikers on the market. You could be right there. I mean, you know, any anybody who scores goals is what any team will want. You yeah. know, and I guess that you know, where are we shopping? Are we shopping at uh, Harrods or are we shopping at Selfridges or are we shopping at Topman? Well, the thing you is know? that you, again, it's where we're shopping is that we're trying to be clever about how you're doing it. But you know, trying to find if a striker, you know, you turn around and you find a striker and the striker scored 24 goals, he's going to be 10, 15, 18 million. Knowing us at the moment, we're probably shop, shopping in Galerie, Galerie Lafayette in Paris. But well, hey, you know, but, but, but that is that is the rumour. Um, I probably say this every week and bore people, um, but Benham said it himself in the book that he's not interested in how many goals a striker scores. He's only interested in how many goals the team scores whilst that striker's on the pitch. So um, I don't think we're I don't think we're look, out looking for the striker that scored 24 goals, but I, and I suspect we will find somebody and we'll bring them in. And maybe and the, the fact and is we'll probably all look at it and go, oh my god, he's only scored 10 goals last season. And, and the fact is, yes, we are looking for strikers. We've got bids in for strikers from abroad as well. But also the factors that we're looking at is is, is attacking midfielders and, and midfielders. And we say we've got a wealth of midfielders, but we're looking. You know, we've got Pritchard who's leaving, so we're looking to fill that gap. Unfortunately, it looks like Terrell's not going to be happening. We were trying to sign him. We may have filled that gap. We were looking at, you know, getting long as a striker potentially. It looks like that's probably not going to happen as well. But you know, we need to uh, we need to look at whatever else is. And we're looking, like I said, you know, there 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 are, there are a few attacking options. We've been having our ears to the ground. Like I said, there is a Premier League midfielder who looks very close to coming to the bees. Can't say any more at the moment now, but we'll be talking to our contacts out there in the field, and that's gonna, that, that looks like it's going to be happening. And all of a sudden you get one or two of these players in, and it becomes exciting. I, I think that's what needs to happen now. And I, I, you, know, you always get this lull at this time of the season where you know, you're expectantly waiting for this sort of landmark signing. And I, and I think, especially in this division, you, know, um, you see other people starting to sniff around. And there's a lot of lot of transfer speculation, um, mostly involving players that you've heard of, and it's, I guess it's part of the education that we're all going through. And you know, I think it's just only natural now that we're probably unlikely to uh, to be hearing of, of most of the players that we're in for because you know <clears throat> we aren't uh, we aren't coaches out there in Europe studying studying sort of you know first and second division teams out in Spain and Italy and in France. It's going to be very difficult for us to to really. Know some of it, know, have a great knowledge about some of these players. But the players are back in, in pre season training next week. It's an interesting philosophy to go in with only one recognised forward, which is basically what we're doing. Yeah, but I think and it I mean, would it might, if we'd had continuity with the manager, the fact it's the new manager. If, if Warburton was still there, he probably would have been. Brought, he would have might have been bringing in players already. You know, the thing is, we can't re- until until the new manager sees and, and puts some of the players through their paces and sees what he's got. 
Um, I, you know, I, I think I think we will see signings after that. Um, it's not ideal, but I think that's the way. But well, we can go on and discuss the fixture list. But 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 the start of the, the start of the season is when we need to make an impact. We've got Ipswich Town as our first game of the season. We've got Bristol City. We've got the Derby. We've got the Middlesbrough. You want to be in there. Those are our competitors. I would argue. But you can only apart from Bristol. Yeah, but you for, can only for, for the promotion for next next. For, but you can only do what you can do. You know what I'm saying? We're in the situation now. You know the transition is there the players are coming in yes you want to bring them in the fact is that we're not in, we're not in the driving seat we don't know how difficult or hard easy it is to get players in you've got a player 99% chance he's I'm sure, there I'm sure it's bloody hard to bring the, to bring the players in but you know, if you're if you're moving forward as a club, you've got to start. You know, you've got to actually make some positive moves. And I would argue that there is a danger. We haven't got any forwards on our books at the moment, and that's what worries me. Listen, you know, you're 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 a bit nervous. We're I think we're all a little bit nervous, but you know, we we've we've showed we've showed faith and we've showed um, our trust, and you know, until until it's proven otherwise, it's it's, it's working. So um, you know, I, I, I just think I, I, I you know, and also we can't forget that um, the, you know Matthew Benham knew that Mark Warburton wasn't going to be here this season, and I'm sure that his irons and fires. I just hope you know, I hope there are. I think I think we're all approaching the season a little bit nervous and maybe this is the season that we thought last year was going to be it's about survival um, who knows uh, one bit of news on the striker front um, for once we've got a, a, a young young striker coming through called Brad, Bradley Clayton he's signed his first uh, professional contract uh, this week uh, Mark Smith signed for another year he's a, he's a goalkeeper um, who's believed to have displaced Richard Lee last year as, as, as that's part of the reason Richard Lee went to Fulham um, so there is hope that actually we're starting to get some youngsters come through. I think back in the day we'd have put an awful lot of hope on someone like Clayton playing half a season. So the fact that we're not even thinking about that and we're thinking about that we will have other players coming in is good. But maybe it's a time for, for a young player to suddenly make their mark. And the, and the good news about that as well, especially with the rumour that Tony Gray is leaving us, that we've got another player with two first names. I think um, the other thing, going back to Nick's point, is that we haven't done much business. I don't know how much business gets done in the last two or three weeks in football in general because I get the impression a lot of people just go on holiday. Um, so maybe, yeah, you can you can get some great signs, but the players are on holiday. I wouldn't be surprised if half the managers are on holiday. Um, probably the agents aren't on holiday, to be fair. They're just running around touting up prices, well, you, trying well, to get prices up. Well, you know what the, the agents are doing now? They're doing exactly what's happened with the Tarky thing. Tarky situation, agents have come in, they've put in a bid for 1.7, which is absolutely nowhere near. All of a sudden, the, the target's agents come in. It's probably going to make a phone call. It, it just upsets the players. So you've got the upsetting the players moment at the moment now, which is June and probably July, because a lot of the contracts are probably over end of June into July. So you've got all that happening. But the real activity happens in August. So they upset everybody in June and July. So the clubs don't know what to do. And then in August, they go for the kill. I also think that the Warburton factor needs to be brought into this. I. We spoke about this in the, you know, the, the, the last podcast, but I think Warbs will be in for one or two of these Brentford players. He, he, he can't, he can't be putting that team together purely on new players. He, you know, I said before, you know, he, he will need to hit the ground running, and he will, he will need players that he knows and can rely on. So, you know, I think we might lose a couple of, of those that we currently well, those that will be starting training or coming back from training. They may not start the season. 
and you know what's happening with Montel Moore as well is another player that's technically um, a first teamer. Um, and you know, will he will he be coming back? Is he going to be in the shake up? Well, I think it's an interesting because obviously Montel Moore he had an unfortunate situation where he got into trouble. He he was sent over to Denmark to get out of trouble. I think he went over to Denmark and I think his eyes were opened very wide because in Denmark they train hard, they do everything proper hard over there and I think that his eyes are open to a different type of, of activity, you know, going inside there, um, the way that they train, how often that they train, the things that you eat, all this kind of stuff. I think Montel Moore, you know, I think he got an education now. It's the, the, the interesting thing is that will he take that education and bring it back to the UK? Because from, from what I can gather, I'm, I'm looking around on the internet and stuff, I don't know as how many games he actually got. He, he went to Michelin, but you know he played in the under-19s and he also was in, I think, the reserve team. Or, and he, I don't know if he got that many games out there, which shows that he needs to up the level, up the bar. He needs to go out there and do the business. And you know, hopefully he's learnt for that. It's a real, a real opportunity for him. Yeah. Uh, during the close season, if anyone needs any uh, motorcycling lessons, he is available as well. So, so please, <laughs> please just call the club and they'll put you in touch. <laughs> Probably not the best ideas at the moment now, but anyway. But we're talking about the players, we're talking about this situation here now as well. So we've got to bring it on to the, the, the new structure of the club, which is interesting. We, we talked about Marinus, of course, and we talked about Rasmus and the new directors of football and how they fit into the programme. But ever since we've been talking to you last time as well, we've found out that we've got also a new head of football philosophy. Aristotle His name's Fleming Pedersen. He's had a lot, and I've done the research, I've looked at it. The geezer is properly on the money. He is, he's like, from the age of 18, he's been working with youth football, development football for 30 odd years, then he became the, you know, the assistant manager at a number of different clubs as well. Assistant coach at a number of different clubs in the second division of the Danish league, of the German league, and stuff like that. So he's been there. He's been brought in as the the, the head of, of, of football philosophy. I know a lot of people turn around and went, "Hey, what's that all about?" And it's obviously we've talked about this as well. It's opened Brentford up to a certain extent to a bit of ridicule because we know as a club we are changing, we're like going, we don't care, we know what we're doing, we're moving forward, but. Is this getting to the stage where we, when you get names of this like this, it's, it just confuses people a little bit too much? Well, I think I think it does open us up to ridicule, and you know, maybe you know, as I said a little while back, maybe we just say balls to the rest of them. But you know, I think I think you can use words better. I think if you use head of strategy instead of philosophy, people won't take the piss out of you. Um, uh, mate, you know, uh, there's nothing to be, nothing to laugh at. Philosophy, there, there isn't. If, it, if it's about setting out a footballing ethos and, and a style of play, um, and um, uh, no, no one takes the piss out of West Ham for having their academy and their, their, their you know, that's their, that's the West Ham philosophy. There's a Tottenham philosophy. These clubs have got styles of play which which have lasted generations. So, there's, you know, fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with it. But I just think at the moment. They could have used a different word to better effect. Yeah, it's the word philosophy, isn't it, that turns people off. I mean, actually, if you look back 
Um, it's a word that Warburton used to describe one of the reasons why he was leaving was because there was a difference in philosophy. Um, so it's a word that does get used. But, but, but when it comes down to it, the guy they brought in is a football guy. What for me was missing with the directors of football is neither of them were actually guys that were involved in football um, apart from through statistical analysis, etc., that sort of thing. This guy's a football guy. Um, so whether... Whether you agree that the philosophy head or whatever it is is a good good name or not, it's definitely a position that we needed to fill and to have somebody to come in and actually pull the thing together on the football pitch. Savvy B, I'm going to ask a question. Look, let's cut through the bullshit. What is a head of football philosophy? I mean, what is this role? Forget about this whole whole falutin thing. What, what do you think he's going to do? I think I think it's to provide a philosophy of football throughout the club. So starting at age eight where apparently we have our best coaches further down we go we have our better coaches so to start there saying this is how we play this is this is the philosophy of the club this is how we want to play like you were saying like um, you know, West Ham used to do and probably still do but to bring it right through and that's their philosophy and I think that's right it's, he's the football man so I mean that's Miss Ankerson Phil Giles they're not particularly football men but this man is and I think that's that's the way forward and that's what but I also think it's one of Matthew Benham's jokes I think he's just given that title because <laughs> he just wants to have a laugh you know he wants to wind up the journalists and it's working I mean I, I don't disagree with you thinking about it that way as well I don't disagree with you again because at the end of the day is that you know they, they've, they've given us a right good dig over the last four or five months but at the end of the day we are going our own way and maybe sort of creating a role like this is a bit of a sort of two fingers up to everybody to say, look, this is just what we're doing. You mentioned West Ham and Spurs. The one that I kind of always think about is you know, the Spanish idea in Barcelona, the way they coach the kids in the same way all the way up through the youth, through to the team. You know, even the Spanish team, the way they play the players, you know, it's the formation and the styles almost as important as the players that they bring in. You know, everyone knows the position and the role, and that starts at a young age. And if that's where we're going, good. And I agree with Lane and Yav, the title is a little bit cheesy. But in terms of a role, it seems like a sensible thing to have. And if it, if it brings a certain style, and it's a style from what we've seen over the last year or two, it's a style that we like. It's a style very different from what we're used to. You know, if it's, if it's a style from top to bottom that's the free-flowing football and the exciting football we've seen, then bring it on. Also, importantly, philosophers have good beards. Um, we've seen a number of beers on the pitch over the last couple of seasons. A couple of them have been poor, and um, I think we need to improve in that area. So I'm hoping that, that a certain astuteness will come through in this team and will really encapsulate what, what a bearded footballer should be. Indeed. Slightly concerned, though, again, is that we've got a lot of Chiefs and not enough Indians. Um, and Do we need a striker, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the world group person but but you know we've got all these people planning our philosophy planning our, our strategy but you need people on the pitch to deliver that philosophy of that strategy it's only, and, it's only really the second or third we can yeah, do yeah, 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 but, but, no, but I go back to the point the players go back 
back in the pre-season training next week. You know, it is not long. It is only it is only a little over a month, six weeks, until we've got to build a team that will start to actually make sure that they are we are challengers in the championship. I don't want to see us going back. I want to see us going forward. You know, forward, not backwards. That's my philosophy. Just going back to the words, really, you know, you can't, if you Google football and philosophy, the Monty Python sketch comes up, you know, so really, you know, that's, that's it really. I mean, I, I, I'm with everyone here, I welcome someone um, in that role, um, and um, yeah, I think the Barcelona analogy hopefully will be the right one. I think my, I mean, my, my one fear is the fact is that I, I, I'm not sure whether or not we're actually... I mean, I understand what you say about Matthew Benham and just saying, look, this is what we do, you've got your flag in the sand. I think there's two ways you can go about this. I don't know whether or not we're just maybe sometimes giving away a bit too much information. I mean, you talked about the name, that we could just simplify the name, simplify everything. At the end of the day, inside, we know what we're going to do. The club knows what they're going to do. Um, when um, Rasmus, Phil Giles, you know, start to talk about what they're going to do and how they're going to sign all these players... Do they really need to go into so much technicality for all these people? Because I think for the average person, it's just too much. They're sort of used to sort of Joe Smith going out there, finding a player from his mate and signing him. But all of a sudden, they start going to these technicalities about this and KPIs and blah and this, that, and the other. And I just think that maybe this is too much information. We need to pull it back a little bit and turn around and say, at the end of the day, we sign that player because he's great at free kicks, he's great at that, and it just he just worked out for us. Rather than going into the nitty gritty. Well, you know, I think it's inevitable. This is, the, you know, it's not like it used to be. It's, you know, everyone's talking about everything online, social media. This, this is, you know, they've got the bullets and balls and, and the internet. Everyone, everyone wants to know the ins and outs of bloody well everything. And if they if they start if they don't understand it, then they start to question it. And you know, yeah, okay. If we're if we're in this hocus pocus club where we're 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 going to laugh at everyone else because we've got something that no one else has got, just communicate it to us so at least we understand, and then we can you know stick our finger up the rest of the. I world. think the argument is that we haven't got what other people have got. I think we've got it and they've got it, but we're just using it differently. And I just don't think that we need to go into so much detail about all the information that we've got. We could just go out there and, and, and talk about it in layman's terms. It's like a, you know, it's like. Okay, a, let's move on to the. the Baldy pies in. Let's move on to the catering. No, <laughs> we'll leave the catering for now. But look, we are looking forward to the new season. New players are coming next week, so maybe we'll chat about that after a couple of weeks once we know what's happening, the ins and outs and stuff like that. But let's look forward to the new season. The, 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 the fixtures dropped about a week ago now. And immediately the fixtures dropped, there were people booking trains, there's all sorts of malarkey going on, stuff that we'd forgotten about for six or seven or eight weeks. An absolute nightmare. Um, there you go, Virgin East Coast up to Middlesbrough Tuesday night. Oh no, here we go again. But I'm just going to go around the coach, table. What coach? Yeah, what coach? I'm just going to go around the table and just to, just to ask you guys what game you're looking forward to the most and what game you are not looking forward to. Laney. Uh, well, I'm not going to try and be overly clever. I'm obviously looking forward to the QPR games and the Fulham games again. Um, they're going to be the highlight of our season. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to sort of over egg it. Um, I'm looking forward to really being in this division again. Um, this is this is another hugely exciting division. I'm, I, I'm not taking this for granted yet, and I'm not and I'm not looking at the fixtures flippantly. You know, there's some brilliant teams in there, and I'm just glad we're in there with them. So yeah, obviously the obviously the QPR games really. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Burnley. Funny enough, I haven't been there yet. There's a couple of there's a couple of new games in there for me. 
Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Griffin Park fall against Ipswich in the first game of the season as well. So you know, hopefully the sun will be out. So yeah, it's just it's just getting back to watching Brentford at, at that level of football. Really, I think it, you know all the, all the fixtures look look like te- very tempting to me. Matt. Um. Uh, sort of for the personal reasons I'm looking forward to Bristol City away um, I like going to Bristol uh, the only thing, I'm not quite sure how they're done with the stadium whether the stadium's finished because I know it's been half rebuilding yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned for how many seats we're going to get how many um, seats we're going to get for, for away fans so that's kind of but I am looking forward to that so I'm already booked up for that um, the game I always dread um, and they're back for me is um MK Dons away um, I've not been there yet I've got no intention of going um, but who knows what would happen because I think it's right at the end of the season so I, I've I've had to I've almost had to go once before they want to but I didn't have to in the end um, and hopefully I won't have to go again this year Savvy B uh, for personal reasons I'm uh, looking forward to Nottingham Forest away uh, I've got a good mate up in Nottingham and it always seems to turn out to be a Tuesday night game and really awkward this time it's a Saturday, it's towards the end of the season. Should be a, should be a humdinger. Really looking forward to it. My least favourite one is probably QPR away because oh. I just know the tension's going to be amazing. Uh, and I'm going to enjoy it but hate it at the same time because uh, if we lose, I'll be gutted. But 4 4 1 win, why not? That's really um, Dirty Leeds away, I think I've, uh, for various reasons I've never done the Dirty Leeds away, so that's one um, high on my list of, of places to go to. Um, should, should be fun. I know the area quite well, but never been to the ground. Uh, in terms of ones I don't like, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of match the MK Dons away and say MK Dons at home probably. Just sounds like the game that I'm least interested in right now. Condor man. Um, the, the first thing I looked at was uh, was Good Friday because we've had two very Good Fridays over the last two years. We, we beat Preston at home and um, we we cantered to a win at the Cottage uh, last year. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a game on Good Friday unless it gets moved. Um, but um, Good Friday won't be moved. Uh, good Friday won't get moved. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, thoroughly enjoyed my my trip to Putney last year. Um, so uh, I'm hoping we go there maybe smash them 5-1 this year um, yeah the, the fixtures I look for first were QBR and Fulham I also quite like the games where we turn up at a, a so-called big club um, we beat teams like Norwich and Cardiff and Forest away last season um, I think their fans underestimated us I think they'll underestimate us again if I'm honest with you I think some clubs have big club mentalities um, and it's a delight to turn up and, and out football them so they're the games I'm looking forward to Nick I'm looking forward to the Stoke City friendly, actually, on 25th of July to see what sort of t- team we turn out and if there are any attacking uh, attackers <laughs> on the pitch. <laughs> Strike, <laughs> strikers on, on, be on the pitch, you know, your toes <laughs> off, like, you know, demonstrating. And, and, and for personal reasons, um, because I'd like to get one over a certain person, I'm looking forward to the Burnley away game as well, which is pretty early on in the season. So those are the two games that I'm looking forward to. And what aren't you looking forward to? Uh, I'm actually probably not looking forward to the QPR game because I think there will be such a clamour for tickets is that unless you have a 100% record 
um, of away travel. It may be difficult to get tickets uh, for. Uh, uh, what have you got? A sort of ninety-seven point seven three percent record. I'm sure I, I could be near you. I reckon you're out of it. We, uh, apparently, we have spoken to Stoke Nick, and uh, because he's a local, they've agreed to lend us Peter Crouch if we don't have a striker. At that point. <laughs> so we, might, we have got someone. Excellent. I look forward to doing the robot then on the terraces. Yeah. Okay. And, and for my, and for myself, because I was so distraught because I didn't get a hundred percent record. I only went ninety-eight point nine seven percent last season. I booked a holiday for the whole of August, so I'm going to miss the Burnley and the Bristol Cities, which I'm actually a little bit gutted about. So naturally, after the month out, I'm absolutely potty for Leeds United. I've booked that one up already. You're not going to get a ticket for QPR if you miss the whole of August. I know, no I chance. Know, no, 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 I'm going to have to rely on you to sort of put me on your sort of, you know, friends and family or something <laughs> like you know. So yeah, so the Leeds United, I'm absolutely <coughs> gagging for. Um, I have to admit though, Fulham, I'm not looking forward to, and the reason why is I don't think that we can ever, ever beat last season at Fulham. We can go on and we can pretend to, but we're not going to beat at last season at Fulham. Um, Ipswich I'm looking forward to as well. Um, and Franchise FC, MK Dons, is somewhere that I don't like going to. But the, the, the key one has got to be Bolton. I looked at that in November again, going to Bolton in November, and you sort of look for the excuse, OK, shall we go, can we? And I, I think it'll have to be a really good excuse to go to Bolton this time, because it's, it's, just, it's just not happening at all, is it? Still. But anyway... Listen, we've had a good old chat. We've talked philosophy. We've talked fashion. We've talked all sorts of stuff. We're in the cavern here. We've got a lot of beers down us. And this is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And, um, yeah, hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll be able to come back and discuss what players are in, what players are out. We'll be able to pat Nick on the back and, and relax him because we've actually got a striker. We've got three or four strikers, which obviously you can see he's hold on. It's really... Hold free. on, hold on. We can't end this podcast without a prediction. We, we have to maybe predict the um, Hampton and Richmond Borough friendly result. Well, I'm hoping we'll be back before the Hampton and Richmond friendly. I mean, whenever that we is. Need, we need some sort of prediction. OK, uh, OK. Can we predict, got, can we, let's I've predict the date that we sign a striker. <laughs> That's a good one. I say uh, July the 9th. I say July the 8th. Oh. <laughs> uh, Quickly, J- July the 11th. We'll leave you late, July the 18th, oh. my birthday. Next season. Oh, fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, 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 I've got a gut, so I think it'll be a couple of years before we sign it. <laughs> <laughs> August the 9th. Oh, maybe, that's, maybe that's good Friday. There you go. So listen, so listen, we've got the predictions in, and we'll see next time who's right and wrong. We always forget that bit. But besides Pride of West Wonderful, it'll be good. Sit down with the mates here inside the little cavern. Philosophy, football, all sorts of stuff. Hopefully we'll come back in three or four weeks' time. Striker sign, player sign, everything locked down, and we're en route to getting for the season but all we can say before that is because we haven't said it for quite a few weeks we want Brentford to get in there so come on newbies come on newbies The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, 
let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.